Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. As always, uh, the Royals giving us a lot to talk about this week. Uh, Prince George turned five over the weekend, and we'll talk about what they did to celebrate the family. Also, uh, unfortunately for Meghan, more Markle family drama to discuss. Josh is also going to tell us about his evening under the stars with Gwyneth Paltrow at her home in the Hamptons. I have so many questions already. He was also backstage with Taylor Swift. Very action-packed week for you, full of VIPs. So I'm excited to hear about those. But Julie and I also, we will um, reiterate this at the end, but we also have an exciting announcement. We are going to introduce a hotline uh, that you guys can call into at any point. It will be, you know, it's a, it's a, it's live now, but you can leave tips. Uh, if there's any questions you have, if there's reactions to things that are going on at any point during the week, uh, we uh, would love to hear from you guys. And it'll be set up so that you can leave voicemails, which hopefully we can include in our episodes. I'm so excited to hear what kind of calls we're going to get. So please, please phone in. I guess we'll just keep repeating the number. Why not? We'll also... Like, this is our telethon. <laughs> no, this is like when they get, like, Freddie Prince Jr. to hawk, like, a cat food or something. It's like, say the name as much as possible. But our number is 347-790-0966. Rolls off the tongue. I would love to see Freddie Prince Jr. hawk cat food. I don't know why. How, how my brain works. Call in if you have thoughts on that as well. But let's get into the topics of the week first. Um, Julie, Prince George turned five. On Sunday, Josh, how did you celebrate? <laughs> I must admit, I did not. Oh, no, I did remember. I was about to say I didn't remember, but I did because they released an official portrait. Yes, an amazing official portrait that shows George smiling. Um, he's in the same outfit he was wearing during Prince Louis' baptism because I guess the photo was taken afterwards. I wanted to envision that he had his own kind of fifth birthday photo shoot. I know. I kind of feel like it's it's a little bit of skimping by the palace that they just reused a christening photo. I know. Next next year, they're just going to take him the glamour shots at the mall. <laughs> Call it a day. Also, I feel as though I might be mistaken, but in past years, or at least once or twice, Kate has taken the photos for the birthday portraits, um, which, I always, which I always kind of like because I feel as if that's... Um, adds this kind of nice little personal touch to it. You imagine Kate out in the fields, the fields the behind the palace, uh, taking, you know, like photos of her son. But maybe she's so preoccupied with Louis, her and the new apple of her eye. The closest thing she will ever know to manual labor, just out in the fields, <laughs> clicking that shutter. <laughs> clicking, filtering on Instagram. But this was a cute photo, I thought. He's very he's very happy. We don't get usually the full George smile. Some people on the Daily Mail were very quick to point out that this smile looked like Princess Diana's smile. Oh, wow. That's actually positive. When you started to say the Daily Mail said, I was expecting they slammed him for something. <laughs> you never know where that sentence is going to end. But I guess it sounds like they took a favorable view comparing him to Diana. Right. Um, and the Mint also celebrated by releasing a new coin, a five-pound rare coin 
coin. Um, it's a new interpretation of an old favorite. This is not the first time the Royal Mint has issued special coins for George. It also released coins for his first and second birthdays, as well as his christening in 2013. Josh, would you be kind of annoyed if you're Charlotte and you don't get your own commemorative coin? Yeah, also I was a little bit thrown that the coin didn't have like a new photo not i guess obviously it would have a photo but like it, it was a right. you know, repurposing something versus i wanted some glam new image right of him and that big smile mm-hmm. and so in that sense who cares about this coin exactly but then we usually get a few details about what george does on the actual day this year is a little bit different katie nickel at vanity fair reported that the family being William, Kate, George, Charlotte, it took me way too long to recite all five and Louie, that they um, flew off to Moustique, their island vacation home where um, it's very private, press can't go, even visitors, normal vacationing visitors have to be thoroughly background checked. It's where Princess Margaret had many of her affairs. Mm, good history. Mick Jagger has a place there. Yeah, I didn't connect until this that it was so private that like they can't take photos of them there and that it's like extremely, I don't know, it must be because of the somehow the structure of the island. I don't even get how they're able to do that. Right, or else it's a privately owned island. Um, per Katie Nichol, Kate hasn't had a proper holiday for a long time. She was saying only recently she is desperate to go back to Moustique, the source said. It's very likely they have gone with Kate's family for a nice long break. I feel like you have something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I hope they're having fun. I'm, I guess... Harry and Meghan couldn't have gotten an invite, right? Because they have official duties. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, though. Um, and also, I guess Kate always, I feel, does this trip with her side of the family, which I guess honestly makes sense because she has to spend so much time with William's side of the family and all these goddamn engagements. <laughs> so I feel as if she probably... This is like the Middleton time where they go to Mystique. Right. I love it. I would love to know what they're doing there. I don't know if we'll get any sort of details, if there was some sort of themed party with just family yeah. for George. Well, I'm kind of interested, too. Like, it's, it's a kind of interesting melding of the vacation and George's birthday. Like, was this, I mean, I assume George is excited to be on the beach and hanging out, but did they, like, have a party for him in Mystique? He, obviously, all the friends that he must have in preschool weren't, weren't able to make it. Right. A Mystique vacation doesn't sound super, like, five-year-old Five-year-old? Yeah. I mean, you or me would love that vacation. Like, Middleton's take, Julie and me, we'll go in a minute. We'll, like, leave our families. But I feel as if for a five-year-old, it threw me a little. I would have thought maybe they'd have his birthday, have some sort of party, you know, bring out the float, you know, or whatever. <laughs> but balloon balloon float, what do you call the bouncy house thing? Right, right. Then go to vacation. Anyways, that's just my little gripe. I know. So who knows how long we'll be there. We don't really have any more details than that. Um, the Daily Mail did publish, I thought, an interesting little report from Rebecca English, who is, I guess, one of the royal correspondents. Is that right, Josh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, she noted that William and Kate regularly dropped George off at school, which we all knew. What we didn't know, though, she claims that Kate actually dropped George off at school the day after she gave birth to Prince Louis. 
What? I know. I didn't know that. I know. And remember, Serena Williams was ready to call Kate like a superhero just for standing up during that photo call after giving birth. Little did she know that Kate was in the car. Now she's going to be ready to give her the like Pulitzer Prize or something, <laughs> like the Nobel. Give them all to Kate. I mean, that that's kind of almost excessively crazy to me. Like the day after giving birth, you drive. I mean, I don't know. I don't know enough about what one's recovery process is like after giving birth. That seems wild. It seems wild. Um, she wrote, she had, I don't know who her source is at the school, but she wrote, when the parents of children, the school had a get to know you coffee morning for all the parents of the children. And William turned up unannounced, dressed down in chinos, a jumper and wearing his glasses. One parent tells me no one really gives Kate a second glance when she does the school drop off. We have a Victoria's Secret model doing the school run, too, and the dads are far more interested in her. I wish I could screen grab Josh's face of horror right now that anyone would dare speak of Kate that way. Oh, God, no one really gives Kate a second glance. I okay. I'm just gonna jump in here. My Kate Defender Shield is on. <laughs> I guarantee you, whoever this mom or dad is who gave this quote has some axe to grind. Maybe George was rude to their son in gym class, or like didn't want to jump rope with little Sally or whoever, and decided that their way to lash out was gonna be calling up the Daily Mail and giving some anonymous quote. This reminds you of Big Little Lies. You know, you know when they cut to um all the talking heads of the other anonymous parents who are all talking about Nicole Kidman and Reese. This feels like that to me. Like, you you wish Kate would give you the time of day, honey. Right. This is like the Reese Witherspoon character of that school. Yeah, kind of like, crazy. Also, who is the Victoria's Secret Victoria's model? Secret model. Right. If anyone has that information, now would be a good time to dial into that hotline. <laughs> I wonder if Jordan Dunn has a son, I think. Yeah, Riley, who is, I, oh my gosh, is this going to be like our big scoop? I'm amazed not only that, I only know kind of the marquee Victoria's Secret models from like five years ago. I'm impressed. Ra- Jordan Dunn has a six-year-old son, Riley. So that's one year older than George. I think that's possible. Wow, and she lives in London. Um, wow, Josh, that is some crack sleuthing. But if you if anyone actually knows that for sure, I do not have a good I've, I'm going off of only that. I know she is a Victoria's Secret model with a kid about George's age who lives in London. It's probably this. I'm guessing it's this kid. Anyway. Oh, my goodness. The amount of time you threw down that defense shield and picked up your laptop to get to the bottom of this mystery. Amazing. Incredible reaction time. Like Clark Kent and Superman over here. But. I am curious. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 I was about to ask you what, what George is like in school, and it sounds like you're about to have answers in these quotes. Well, they note that he seems a little standoffish in photo calls lately, and they make a point of saying he's a very fun, happy little boy when photographers aren't present. Um, there's another quote. George is very determined, and while he's often bossed around by three-year-old Charlotte, his parents say he has a strong streak of mischief. Um, Josh, like you, he loves Gruffalo and Fireman Sam, um, planes, trains, and cars. 
quoting, and right now he is fascinated, just as many of his school friends are, by volcanoes and lava. At a recent polo match, he could be seen showing friends a picture he had drawn of an eruption. And while much comment has been made of the Little Lord Fauntleroy-esque way Kate dresses her son in public, in private he is like any other youngster in Crocs and grubby t-shirts with scratches on his knees. This um made me imagine that their source was like a five-year-old who like who like comes out of every class and like texts the Daily Mail what George is doing in class. Like some really, really precocious five-year-old. Because otherwise, how would they know any of this? Also, what a weird thing. As many of his schoolmates are, he's obsessed with volcanoes and lava. Who could possibly know that? <laughs> right. Exactly. Unless you're talking to Kate. Like, this is wild. Right. The cafeteria worker? Is she, like, jotting down notes? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's the same mom who gave the um, Victoria's Secret quote. But I'm I'm thrown by the details here. Though maybe they just saw that volcano drawing and are extrapolating kind of liberally. Right. That seems more likely. I just can't keep um, from going back to thinking about George and this Victoria's Secret model's son. It's a son, Riley, right? I I think. I mean, but I don't want to be—we shouldn't say that as fact, but it seems very possible. Right. Just like career day, take your parents to work day. Like, what are those conversations like? Like George saying, what does your mom do? <laughs> it's like, well, and Kate had that famous time where she modeled in lingerie when she caught William's eye, remember? Right. That's true. She has hit a catwalk in her day. Yeah. So maybe they talk, they trade notes. Um, this report also talks about how close the family is with Kate's parents, Carol and Michael. Um, this was interesting. I thought Carol has taken George and Charlotte to work at the family's party pieces headquarters, a short drive from the Middleton's Berkshire mansion where they play at being shopkeepers. One visitor spotted George sitting in the front of the store exclaiming excitedly, Oh my gosh. As his indulgent granny gave him a bag of sweets for being a good boy. Josh, take it away. (laughs) This is like my fan fiction. So George was being a good boy. So Carol Middleton gave him, uh, I'm breaking this down like it's a Homeland episode. And then George got the candy and then she said, and he said, oh my gosh, because he was so shocked. Do we think? I feel like he must be getting treats all the time. That's what my surprise came from that. He was so surprised. Like, you know, if he got this bag of candy when it wasn't dessert time yet, maybe he gets kind of, you know, I'm not supposed to have this now. Right. No, I like that a little bit like Blue Ivy. I feel like Blue Ivy is very into. Yeah, completely. I just feel like I don't see him being too troublemaking. But who knows? Maybe Charlotte is the, I don't know. I, I guess we don't really know the dynamic of Charlotte and George well. I love this visual, though, of him working in the party store. I know, I know. Him being taken to, to work. It's a good good visual. Well, that does it for George's birthday. If anyone has any tips, if you saw him on the beach in Moustique, let us know. If you're, if you're currently on Moustique or have ever been to Moustique. Moustique sounds like a magical... It sounds like it's in Harry Potter or something. It sounds like a very horrible men's fragrance (laughs) that maybe your uber driver wears yeah completely that's so funny i want to hear about your evening with gwyneth paltrow so uh, 
Yes, I had quite the normal, typical Thursday night in the life of Josh Duboff. I uh, went out to Amagansett for the night on Thursday, and I, as Julie can attest, I was kind of depressed that Julie wasn't coming with me as I was texting her on my way there. But it was at Gwyneth's actual Hamptons house, which was pretty unusual, I would say, for one of these sort of events. It was a Goop Cartier event. So it was billed as sort of an intimate dinner at Gwyneth's house in celebration of these two new collections that Cartier was releasing. Um, I feel like I'm saying Cartier in a very... (laughs) like fret formal way that does not probably not exactly how you're supposed to say it uh but it was kind of i mean the most exciting part for me obviously was getting to have an intimate dinner at gwyneth paltrow's house so i walked in and you kind of went through the central part of the house sort of to the back and the back is this sprawling field that's beautifully manicured with the most luscious grass you've ever seen and it just kind of goes back and back sort of to the edge of your eye line. And then you can kind of see a kind of structure or a house towards the back, which I was told was the yoga studio that Gwyneth has had erected on the property. So when she wants to do her yoga class, she just kind of walks out into her backyard and hits the studio. And then there's a big pool area and there's kind of like a pool house sort of structure. Um, and there's kind of a benches sort of swing set thing where you can kind of sit um and cartier had a a huge kiosk with all these different jewels and rings and diamonds and bracelets that you could try on um and there was like a panther one like there was some because it was the panther collection so you could like everyone was trying on these jewelry items um i didn't have the guts to try one on though i feel like if you had been there i might have been encouraged to and also Rachel Zoe was nearby and I don't know, I just felt kind of awkward like trying on a piece of jewelry and then like asking like a stranger to take a photo. Um, but but it was kind of, there was a cocktail hour where they had this like Lumineers style folksy band playing music. And then they're all wearing these kind of like ethereal robes and, you know, the guy had a huge black beard. Um, and they were great. And then there was sort of a mix of people, I would say. It was about thir- only about 30 people at the dinner. Um, and it was included Jessica Seinfeld, Jerry's wife, and Rachel Zoe, as previously mentioned, with her husband, Roger, and uh, Leslie Mann, Judd Apatow's wife. Um, and Leslie Mann and Jessica Seinfeld were definitely like BFFs. Like, I, I don't know if they have long been best friends or what, but they were kind of like together most of the night and coming up to like whisper with Gwyneth um and Rachel Zoe was kind of talking to them but also talking to her husband Molly Sims was there she was seated next to me at the dinner um and if I can't sit next to you I feel better knowing that Molly Sims was yeah uh Molly was very very nice no Brad Falchuk um interesting it is rumored that they're gonna get married though at this house so I was actually like theoretically at the wedding site first of all what did you wear what do you wear to a summer dinner <clears throat> well i'm glad I'm, I'm so glad you asked because i had sort of a paranoia breakdown because it's not the easiest event to dress for for sure um but i decided 
to go a little daring. So I was sort of, I was going to at first wear white pants, which I don't think, Julia, since you've known me, have you ever seen me wear white pants? No. And I tried them on and just, it was not going to work. So like then, a wide leg, <laughs> Megan. Yes. Oh my God. Well, also connected to Megan, Gwyneth was wearing almost to me like a replica of Megan's Wimbledon pants. Um, there were these wide leg white pants that Gwyneth was wearing with like a black top. She looked great, but a very similar to Megan. So wide leg white pants are clearly in the summer. Um, but uh, my, you know, my white pants were just kind of like tight white jeans. They looked like kind of weird for like, they didn't look formal enough. So I ended up wearing a gray summer suit, um, which was, it was like a, it was a suit, but like light gray color and then like a kind of shiny pink button down shirt. Why haven't I seen a photo of you from this event? I'll send you one. Believe it or not, the photographer did not make sure to grab a shot of me walking, making my way into the dinner. Yeah, I, I felt I felt OK about my outfit. It sounds like you dress perfectly for the occasion. If you haven't, we have to share this photo Josh shared also of the lighting over the table. I've never seen lighting like this. My like go to little, you know, you have like one joke at something where you kind of like repeat it a few times. I kept saying like I need this like set up stolen verbatim for my wedding. Like cause it just it felt like a such a beautiful, lush like wedding backdrop with kind of the the band playing. There were these amazing hanging candle or hand, hanging lights, like lantern style from the top of the table set up. It was pretty great. Maybe this was like the dry run for the wedding. Maybe I she know. was trying out some ideas. Well, and so then John George, this extremely, you know, like a hugely famous chef was there himself and they set up a kind of station for him in the back and then uh, sort of on the property. And when he was ready with a chorus, kind of just like lineup of beautiful waiters would come bring you your meal. So like to get John George to come do this, you know, just you know, popping up out of the, in the back, from the backyard was like kind of insane. Also Gwyneth gave a little like toast at the beginning where she kind of celebrated summer, which was sweet. And like thanking her team for putting this all together for her it was just kind of like a fun she like sat the head of the table and i feel like she just got to have like a fun dinner with her pals oh and another interesting detail is that blythe danner which i kind of love owns the adjacent property it's really cute they can just like pop on off into the other's uh you know house i guess like i, I don't know where the connection point is i guess in the backyards oh like carrie fisher and debbie reynolds living side by side that's very sweet yes it was a fun it was a great and great time was had by all Oh my gosh. Are you a changed person? I did feel a little bit, I was just trying to like take it all in, you know, I was at Gwyneth's house. So I was just, I think I, I'm changed in the sense that it was kind of crazy to be there and just sort of a quote unquote casual, low key, intimate dinner. Um, but, you know, it was, it was fun. She's like, we, I mean, you met her at, when we were at the Goop thing, she's very low key and down to earth. Right. I just love your paths crossing, intersecting at any point. So yeah, and it was fun meeting all the kind of like a bunch of like the Goop employees were there, all hanging out. It had like a very it had a chill vibe to it. What did she serve for dessert? It's like a fruit tart, I think. It was good. It was a very healthy, as you would expect. Like the appetizers was like a hummus with vegetables, um, and there was the entree was like a salmon. So everything was delicious and great, but every it wasn't like you were getting, you know, 
eclairs for a dessert, if you, if you know what I mean. <laughs> there was a good, there was a caviar appetizer sort of with an egg toast that was really good. I know. They didn't, it was certainly like, I don't know. It, it felt like a surreal sort of like portal into a Hamptons Nirvana or something. The only thing that would have made it better is if Julie had been seated on the other side of me. That Molly, um, we can keep Molly Sims, but Julie we can on keep the Molly Sims next time. Next time I'll be there. Um, and so, what about Taylor Swift? Then you yeah. had another another high point to your yeah. Week. I saw. I went to Taylor Swift's concert on Saturday night, which was crazy because it was pouring rain the entire concert, pretty much. Um, and I got to talk to Taylor before the show. I went back to the Reputation room. Um, which is sort of what you call her meet and greet area. Uh, Julie, it was kind of centered around a giant pillar that was like two snake heads, like interwoven, because she's all about snakes, this album cycle. Oh my goodness. And for those of you who don't know, Josh wrote Taylor's cover story for Vanity Fair. Everyone should go back and read it. It's really incredible, but they've kind of stayed. Yeah, we've or we've orbit yeah, I stay in touch. But the reputation room was interesting. There was also probably six or seven movie posters from iconic Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burden movies, because she has a line on this album about, uh, I think how her, the guy in the song is the, is the burden to her Taylor. Um, so she's really leaning into the Liz Taylor, Richard Burden narrative, um, which I thought you would appreciate Julie. And then, oh, I love it. and there's like a little snack set up and drinks, um, her mom was there backstage. Uh, it's sort of like a mix of reporter type people or like industry people. And then I guess other people maybe who have one meet and greet type setups or whatever it might be. Um, but she looked amazing. She was kind of, she was wearing like black shorts and kind of a white sweatshirt top. She seemed super um, relaxed. Like, I don't know, just I can't even imagine how I'd feel if you're about to perform like a stadium for 60,000 people in the pouring rain. Um, but she was so sweet to everyone. She, uh, I had my, one of my best friends from college with me who got to meet her. And then, um, she, uh, we were talking about like if she was, how she felt about the rain. And she said she loves a rain show. She thinks like it breaks, yeah, like breaks down the fourth wall. It kind of, um, gives uh like I, I forget exactly how she put it but just like that she really enjoys it kind of it, it's a special experience for everybody that kind of is like takes a, you know it almost takes the show into a whole different like psychological atmosphere um and it was kind of true because i feel like i just had never been in anything like that where you're just like she was in these dresses and costumes and you know all the pyrotechnics in the show and like it's raining hard the whole time like i didn't even know if it was going to be like technologically possible for her to do the whole show um, and at one point she kind of, I think was nervous that the power had gone out. So she kind of said, you know, like, wait, can you guys still hear me? Like, can you hear my guitar? Cause she was, you know, like strumming and she didn't know if even the sound was getting picked up, but everyone was there. Like it being, it looked completely sold out and everyone was just wearing, you couldn't bring umbrellas in. I had bought two umbrellas and they confiscated from them for me at the door. So when we all came in, it was like, you, we had to get ponchos and so we were just kind of standing there. How unfortunate. I know. Lost two umbrellas in, in by way, but more than made up for it by seeing the show. But it was it was kind of chaos, especially when we were all leaving and it's just pouring rain. Everyone was trying to find Ubers in the train. And um, 
But she is, I can't really get over though that like she performed for two hours in the pouring rain in this like high intensity show. Right, especially after. I didn't realize those meet and greets take place before. So to have to deal, like to talk to people and press before performing. For I two know. Hours. I know. So like to me, it's kind of crazy. But, um, she she really does put on like an amazing show and she did two special she adds in some special songs every night that like aren't on every show and she brought in a fearless and clean which both like have rain references in the lyrics so it's very much like the rain show right that's amazing were there any celebrities at the concert there were not my night the friday so she did three shows i think she was the first first female to ever do three straight nights at metlife stadium um, and she, the uh, first night, Emma Stone was in attendance, as was Gigi Hadid and Jack Antonoff. Um, and you can find some like good fan videos of uh, Gigi and Emma talking. And then they kind of like all run off after uh, as she's playing her finale. But apparently um, Gigi and Emma were really enjoying uh, This Is Why You Can't Have Nice Things, Her the last song of her set. Um, which I can't really imagine. I don't really know if I would imagine Gigi and Emma like hanging out ever, but I guess it's one of those things maybe where you both have a mutual friend in common and you end up like spending a lot of time with them. Like when you're at like a bachelorette or something, you know? Um, um, and then last night I know Lena Dunham went and, um, there was someone else I think there maybe last night. But yeah, no, uh, my night, I didn't see you anyone. You the only celebrity. <laughs> Uh, didn't get Emma Stone, but you did get me, which I think is an equal trade. So, um, but yeah, it was quite the, it was a back to back kind of the Hamptons with Gwyneth and then the MetLife with Taylor. It was, I can't, I can't complain. You and Taylor took the best photo together. Just the smiles, everything was on point. Talk about what you wear. I wouldn't say that's my usual right, Julie. I, I feel like that kind of, it's almost like a Hawaiian shirt look that I'm wearing. But it was great. It was like very summery, fun, perfect for the environment, the occasion. Concert Josh, I guess. Um, they have a professional photographer back there who takes the photos. So that's oh, really? another. Yeah. So when you get your when you go up to kind of say hi and Nick, we were chatting and then they ask if you want a photo and then this like woman takes your photo and then you get it sent to you. Jot that down. Another idea for when we go on tour on our big arena tour. Oh, yeah. So unless kind of less serene news uh we have to i guess they make it tough to not talk about them we have to talk about the markles julie this was not a great week for megan in terms of her extended family or not even extended her immediate family um so us weekly ran a big report about sort of everything related to megan's life and they and us weekly usually is a trusted source in the sense that this isn't like you know at all star in touch or you know even the daily mail can sometimes be a little fanciful but usually if us is running a big story it's like there's some foundation of legitimacy here so that said they said megan is so upset over thomas she's upset for a couple of reasons she doesn't even know how to communicate with her dad without knowing he won't exploit her um and remember last week thomas gave us this big interview so uh he, they say she lives in fear that he'll leak their communication. If he's spoken this much already, why wouldn't he leak their conversation? They said that she cares about her dad, but just cannot trust him. 
She would like to speak to him, but there was just no trust, and it doesn't seem like it could ever rebuild. The damage is done. And I believe that after we recorded our episode last week, Tom did another interview in which he said that he's essentially going to keep on talking until he hears from Megan. And I guess the idea here is that she just doesn't really know what to do because... I mean, it makes sense. She's worried that if she talks to him, what what's stopping him from just going right to the press, right? Right, um, because she already, he already shared every detail of their conversation with Piers Morgan, things he absolutely shouldn't have said about Harry and Harry's political views. And I love the kind of um, undertone of the attitude of this source that Us Weekly had. First, he faked this weird heart attack, which he hasn't, which he hasn't admitted was fake. And now he's doing all these interviews. She has no other choice but to ignore him. Right. I know he was pictured on his birthday, I think Saturday, going to McDonald's. I know. So I think I would imagine, and I don't know what you, how you, if you agree or not, I think maybe the palace must be trying to put together some course of action or, I mean, I just feel like it, it, I sort of assume that they can't just let this keep going. If he's really saying outwardly, I'm not going to stop and threaten to fly to London to track her down, which who knows if he'd actually do. I wonder if the palace is trying to kind of like come up with some sort of game plan now, because I feel like they probably don't want to have to do that. But it seems like they kind of have to. Right. They have to. They need to hire some like specialty consultant to figure out how to deal with this. One shining light is that apparently Megan's mom has been incredible. She's encouraging Megan to ignore any negative press and focus on her new life. She's a total bedrock, always takes the high road. It's like, seems like it must be hard in this situation. She's a very elegant woman, and Megan turns her for everything. Which, by the way, did we ever mention we got a great oh, listener yeah. tip? I'll share this from a friend of the pod, Ellen Charles. She sent Julian me a message, cited Doria Ragland at a movie theater in West L.A. I was seeing three identical strangers, and I think she was too, which I haven't seen yet. Have you, Julie? No, it's supposed to be good, though. She was with a gal pal, as was I, and my jaw dropped when I saw. After obsessively thinking about her daughter vis-a-vis Harry for what feels like decades now, Doria seemed completely at ease, and I don't think anyone else recognized her. She stayed chatting with her friend for a good while, and I had to position my back toward her to avoid totally staring. We would be the exact same, Ellen. Um, <laughs> she, she, was, she looked very down-to-earth and poised and lovely in a way that felt way more natural and less accuracy than Megan. This is an amazing commentary. Um, I had I had lots of thoughts and feelings about it, including that it seems surreal that Doria could be near the center of this global phenomenon one second and back to normal life the next. There was no security that I noticed. She seems as grounded as Thomas Markle seems deranged. Maybe Megan is really the halfway point between the two. Anyway, I oh, and then the rest is just other things. A plus report. That is a great report. I know. I love that she looked out for security. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's interesting that Doria just uh, kind of can go chill. I mean, of course she can, I guess, but just is like, yeah, back to going to movies and hanging out. Like hanging out with Oprah one day, you know, going to whatever, you know, multiplex the next. Which when when is this Oprah interview going to come out? I hope it comes out soon. Well, so one of my ideas is that maybe that can help with all this situation because Megan can't comment. And I know us also said in their thing, you know, she doesn't have her own publicist. She can't make comments on Twitter. She can't do anything. But like maybe 
Doria on Oprah is kind of a way that Megan can address some of what's going on with the family without doing it herself. So also big news from this past week related to the Markles was that Samantha has said she is going to be on Celebrity Big Brother in the UK. The filming begins August 17th. She said the purpose of the show would not be to discuss Megan, which I do not believe for a second. She has kind of admitted... I feel like her and Thomas are both now turning this weird corner where they're like admitting what they're doing, kind of. It's sort of weird. Like Thomas saying he's not going to stop... And then this is a quote Samantha gave. I've worked in media most of my life and in broadcasting. So because my sister is suddenly royal isn't grounds for me to stop doing all of that. Let's face it. We all have to survive. Money makes the world go round. So if you want to call that cashing in, that's fine. But no one in media would refuse a paycheck for talking about the royals. Also, I love how she's making it seem like she was Katie Couric or something before this all started. Like I've, I've worked in media most right, of like my she's life. Right, like she's continuing her oh, yeah. job. Yeah, as if like she's just like been this public-facing person, and like of course she's not going to stop now. Like, uh, no, I guess it's kind of weird to me. They're both just kind of being very unabashed about how they're just not going to stop. I do wonder how this is all going to play out because if Samantha is on Celebrity Big Brother. I assume the UK press is going to be obviously spinning out everything she says, even tangentially related to Megan, into a little bit of a news cycle. Right. This is a full-blown nightmare because this isn't even Dancing with the Stars where you're dancing. This is just, there are cameras 24-7 in every single room of the house. Ugh. I just, I don't know. You think it would work if Megan just... I can't tell if they would be stopped if they just got a little bit of attention from Megan. Like if Megan called up Samantha and said, hey, girl, you know, like, listen, we haven't talked in a decade. I don't know what your deal is. Like, I'll go get one dinner with you. I mean, I don't want Megan to even have to do that. But like, I don't know. Is that what they want? I feel like that might not even stop them, though. Well, is this a good time to bring up that other tip we got? Yes, this is a great time to bring up this other tip that we got. So you guys are really supplying some great behind the scenes right i just have a hard time because it seems as though samantha has been charging everyone for interviews so i feel like even if megan did give her a dinner she would have a really hard time so we got oh yeah so we got an email uh which i immediately sent to julie said uh hello josh we were expecting to conduct an interview today with megan markle's sister samantha until she asked for one thousand five hundred dollars as a fee for interviewing her with additional demands. Attached is a screenshot of the conversation. I thought your audience might appreciate it. You guys, our audience can let us know. This is from a producer for the Dominic Natty show, which is on iHeartRadio. And then I sent it to you, Julie. The screenshot is pretty... I mean, (laughs) I'm definitely not like a forensic analyst here, but like it looks real. Uh, it looks as if the show is reaching out saying, hello, Samantha, do you have availability this week for a phone interview? What day and time is best for you? Samantha writes back, tomorrow could work. Time, pay, and which is how I'm going to now respond to all emails too. (laughs) Any requests, I'm going to write back, tomorrow could work. Time, pay. (laughs) The show guy writes back the next day, how much do you typically charge for an interview? And this is where Samantha just lays it all out there. I would do it for you for 1500 
My minimum is much higher, but I would only do it if I'm not being set up by a shock jock who wants to be rude and slam the phone down. Because I worked in radio. I am good with comebacks, so I don't want to embarrass the host. If it's a straightforward interview, that's cool. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> Wait, can you read that one more time? I would do it for 1500 My minimum is much higher. Which, pause... Why is she doing it for so much less than her minimum this for this like show? This is like a used car salesman. Like, she's going to cut this person a deal. Yeah, but, like, I don't even understand, though, because it's not like... She's acting that this is, like, Andrew, I mean, Dominic Nati, I'm sure, is a great show. It's on her radio, but, like, it's just kind of interesting to me. Why is she immediately taking her price down? Like, they haven't said anything yet. Like, we can only right. pay you this amount. So it's interesting to me that from the get-go, she is um bringing her price price way lower than the minimum. But I would only do it, this gets so good, but I would only do it if I'm not being set up by a shock jock who wants to be rude and slam the phone down because I worked in radio. I am good with comebacks, so I don't want to embarrass the host. If it is straightforward, that's cool. I mean, I'm good with comebacks. I don't want to embarrass the host. I mean, and this is ostensibly maybe a 10-minute phone interview, a 15-minute phone interview. This isn't like a 60-minute in-person. No. So I don't really know what... I mean, I was about to say Samantha come on the show to discuss, but we don't have the 1500, so... (laughs) I don't think we could weather Samantha. If she's, like, ready to take down any shock jock, we would probably leave that interview just in tears, broken and penniless. (gasps) We'll do, like, a Kickstarter to get the 1500 and then (laughs) lose all our savings. Is that where the conversation ended, or did they So that's the end of the screenshot. I will follow up. I'm going to follow up, though. I mean, charging for an interview... It's very tacky. It's very it's just, low class. Uh, you just don't you just don't do it. But also to me it's interesting because like what more does she have to say? She's not in touch with Megan. They haven't talked in so long. So like I don't even get why it's one thing to me to charge if you have like exclusive info or or something that's going to be I don't know. But like all she's going to be doing is offering I can I can predict her commentary for you, you know, on any topic basically at this point. I know. Next thing she's just going to like set up a signing booth at some sort of convention. You'll just have to pay her to I know. Like I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Well, I, I never thought I'd say this, but I feel like we we would be better off if we could adopt a little bit of Samantha's brazenness. <laughs> yeah, wait, time, what was it? Pay. <laughs> time, tomorrow works. Time, pay. That should be our new little. Remember, like hi, like all of our that that enters the pantheon of hi, I'm Nina, and um maybe not up to no bad energy, but with other famous, uh, I'll always be Meg. I like time it. Time and pay. We have this hotline we're setting up. I feel like it, we would love to hear any tips, any suggestions on how the palace should handle Samantha and Tom. If anyone has seen Samantha and Tom in the wild, would love that information. Yes. Yeah, so again, it's 347-790-0966. Uh, you can also reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight uh, to discuss any of these things as well. But uh, definitely... We were, we're excited about this hotline, so give a, try that first. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight, and you can rate and review us on iTunes. 
You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at Jay Duboff. Uh, also, Instagram for us is in the limelight pod. This episode was edited and produced by Danielle Roth, who also set up our hotline. Woohoo! And then thanks for joining us this week. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, no bad no energy. Bad energy. Ooh.